If you're listening to this podcast, then there's one thing I know about you for certain. You're fucking dope. And I have a place where you can get dope shit for dope people. And that's illmindset.com. The Ill Mindset Clothing Company is taking the fashion and art industry by storm with their next level dynamic designs, okay? And the best part about illmindset.com and the Ill Mindset Clothing Co. is that that is where you can get official scumbag diaries merch that's right you heard it here you can get official scumbag diaries podcast merch at illmindset.com but don't fucking stop there go pick up the dope panther sweater that he also has you can also pick up the swag jesus tee or one of my personal favorite designs the facelift flail t-shirt okay he's got so much amazing products for all the people who need to get dope shit it's, it's literally right there on the tagline. Dope shit for dope people. Go there, spend your money, check it out, enjoy the show. What the fuck is up, scumbags and scumbaggets? How is it going? I would like to welcome you to the first scumbag breakfast episode, Frambled Eggs and Bacon. This is going to be a little different than the normal Scumbag Diaries episodes, which let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. There's nothing normal about this podcast. But this episode is going to be the first of a new a new series we're going to do. You could think of it as the Scumbag Diaries morning show if you want, but really it's just going to be about me reaching back into my past and bringing forth stories of the colorful scumbags who helped shape the algorithm that is Chris Maggard. And uh, a lot of a lot of these stories are going to be tied to breakfast because breakfast for me has always been a time for peaceful reflection because the only fucking time that I could ever get any peace or time to reflect was when I was eating breakfast. Every other second of the day was pure chaos and and fucking scumbaggery as I was being brought up through the world, but we're going to we're going to go in each episode I'm going to pick a particular breakfast that I ate during a time of my life that I connect that to and I'm going to tell you guys some stories about me some of the the scumbaggery that I lived growing up, and uh, and just the colorful scumbags and scumbaggets who helped who helped bring me into this world and shape who I've become. So I hope you guys enjoy the frambled eggs and bacon episode. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. I was born in Rockledge, Florida, on December second, nineteen ninety two, but I didn't spend my life in Florida. In fact, I didn't spend my life in one location at all. I moved every six months, mostly between Brevard County, Florida and Laurel County, Kentucky, although there was some other places like I lived in Champaign, Illinois, um, Atlanta, Georgia. There's there's stories from all over and breakfasts from all over coming down the scumbag breakfast pipeline, but this one in particular takes place in Kentucky. <clears throat> um, it's 2001, which was an important year for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. And I had been back in Kentucky for a while. Because I moved so much, my 
timeline and, and months and shit are kind of out of whack, but I remember that it was the year 2001. And uh, we had moved to Kentucky to this trailer in London, Kentucky, on a street called Lake Road. It was 127 Lake Road was the address. I don't have a great memory for numbers, but I'll never forget that address. It was a, a shitty little trailer up on a hill, but it was nice because my great-grandmother, Nora, lived right down the road and to the left. I could almost ride my skateboard down the hill to her house if I wasn't such a pussy and afraid of bombing it. But we were in Kentucky, and those hillers, hills are intense. But most of the time... I would escape the craziness of the trailer that I lived in with my mom and whichever white supremacist drug addict was uh, was calling himself my dad that week. And uh, to escape all of that, I would go down to Granny's and she would fix me gravy and biscuits, fry me some eggs, and, uh, and make me some bacon. But I didn't know how to make food for myself, right? I didn't know how to actually cook breakfast other than to microwave eggs which I would do on the many occasions I was left to my own devices but it was fucking disgusting and I would much rather walk down to granny's and have her make me food which I would do all times of the night throughout life it wasn't just a breakfast sometimes I would show up and be like hey granny can you make me something I'm hungry and then she would proceed to make me a bunch of ribs and fucking throw snack cakes at me until I almost died but that's where I uh, where I got all the comfort and love as a child when I was in Kentucky, so I appreciate that. Rest in peace, Granny Nora. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Or behind myself, rather. So, I lived in this trailer, and the only thing that I really wanted was to live in a neighborhood where I could hang out with my friends. This was when Ed, Ed and Eddie was big, and I used to get really jealous that they lived in a cul-de-sac and they could just go hang out with the homies. Because in Kentucky, all of my friends lived decently far away. You would have to drive a few miles down the road to go to my godbrother's house. You would have to drive even farther to go to my cousin's house. There was no walking anywhere except to Granny's. And eventually, I met a kid um, named Preston, who went by Josh. And he lived on the road I did, but it was about a half a mile on the other side of the hill. I became friends with him. He was a high schooler. I was around... Nine, so that's kind of strange, I guess. Or maybe he was like 13 and that was nine. I guess that's not that strange. But eventually, our parents met and they became friends and I was allowed to walk from my house to Preston's house and play video games or whatever. Now, the looming darkness of this story in the background is meth addiction. My mother and Preston's mother and his entire family essentially were addicted to meth, so when the familial units gained a friendship, of course it was like adding gasoline to two respective fires. We would hang out and play video games while our parents got high in the other room. It wasn't that bad of a time. It was always a party. Whenever I would stay the night at Preston's house, um, they would do this great thing where when everyone finally did decide to crash on meth, the only way that the entire house full of people could fall asleep after their bender was to crank the song Highway to Hell on repeat at full blast through their stereo. Um, and it was, it was pretty relaxing, I gotta say. It was easy to fall asleep. But... Preston lived with his, his mother, his father, whose name was Pumpkin, his two sisters, and that was, that was pretty much it. But there was also, like, uncles and cousins and just weird motherfuckers who would come through every now and then and go on benders or cook meth in the garage. 
but I didn't give a fuck about any of that because the constant chaos had become normalcy at this point. And uh, I was just happy to have a friend to hang out with and not be the only child stuck in the middle of it for the most part. But then one of my mother's ex-boyfriends and my uncle's best friends in Florida committed suicide. So we hopped in our hatchback Honda Civic and drove the 12 hours to my grandmother's house. It was a drive that I was accustomed to both ways. So it wasn't really a that big of a deal. My mother went to the funeral and we stayed down there for a week or two. When I came home, however, I was sad to leave Florida up until the point that I got to the trailer because I remembered that I just got a brand new computer desk. And before I had left, I didn't even have time to set up my PlayStation and stuff on it because we had to hurry and, and skedaddle. But I walked into my house and as I walked in the front door, our living room was completely empty. And I was like, what the fuck? Mom, we got robbed. And then I walked through the house and noticed that damn near everything was gone. There was like half of a coffee maker in the kitchen and like one or two forks, but everything else was gone, completely gone. We'd been wiped out. And I was like, man, what the fuck? That's kind of crazy. My mom didn't seem all that surprised about it, though. And she just sort of, like, went to bed because the beds were still there. And I was wondering why she wasn't surprised about it. It was just, just strange. All our stuff was gone. We didn't have a discussion about it or anything. And then uh, a few days later, I decided to walk to my friend's Preston's house because I was fucking bored. I didn't have anything to do. And when I got there, I noticed that their living room was full of our shit and... uh my computer desk was in the garage and I was like hey man that's my desk and Preston was like no it's not my mom said I could have it and I was like what the fuck are you talking about I didn't like I didn't realize that they'd just been high on meth and stole all of our shit or honestly at this point my mother could have been in debt to them for dope and told them to take it wouldn't be the first time something like that went down but <clears throat> I went home told my mom and she was like alright get in the car I expected for her to go down there and like fucking raise hell and get all of our shit back but instead we went inside and mom told me to go play with Preston and I nervously walked back to play my PlayStation on my TV on my desk in Preston's room that he had just got his brand new his brand new setup it was really cool I'm glad he let me play with him but uh we're back there playing playing video games and I expect to start hearing like my mom screaming and, and fighting and arguing but I don't all I hear is the telltale signs of people snorting shake and bake methamphetamine and that turned into, like, three days of just me and Preston hanging out, playing video games, and our parents getting high, um, which was which was the norm. Now, Preston did have this one interesting uncle who always came around named James, and he, he like, showed me how to use butterfly knives, and um, he was really the only one who ever, like, paid attention to the kids, I guess. In hindsight, he probably, like felt bad that we were all fucking left alone or maybe he was a creep who knows but he would hang out with us and sort of like I guess distract us from the fact that our parents were all high even though he was taking big old fucking gackers of some meth as well don't get it twisted um he had a proclivity to wear dresses however a redneck dude fucking covered in tattoos just would get high on meth and wear a dress and no one ever mentioned it like it wasn't a it wasn't something keep in mind this is 2001 in Kentucky so you would expect for some people to have something to say about that but they were all so fucking just in their own methed out worlds that no one either noticed or gave a fuck 
but James was a a nice dude. I have a memory of the first time I met him. He came to my house and rallied the troops. And I say literally the troops because my mother was a den mother for Cub Scouts. And we were all having a meeting there. And this fucking methed out dressed dude showed up and started hanging out and getting high with my mom and my godmother. And he literally, like, rallied the Cub Scout troops and in a dress marched us across the hill to my friend's Preston's house and back. Which, uh, didn't seem strange at the time. Looking back on these memories, I understand that they're a little weird. But uh, as as they come out of my mouth is really when I realize the strangeness as I as I think about them. It's just par for the course. But you guys will see that as we do some more scumbag breakfast episodes. But this time we were hanging out for three days playing video games. All of our parents were getting high, and I, I started to get hungry. And uh, I was complaining about it, and I guess it started to annoy Josh because he knew that his like mom and dad and everyone weren't going to do anything or I don't he was a little more aware than I was and eventually he just got sick of me bitching about being a fat little pussy who was hungry that he like beat the crap out of me and uh after that I went and asked my mom if we could leave she said no she told me to go play we'd go home soon I don't know if she thought we'd been there for like two hours but we had been there for three fucking days I hadn't showered or anything and I was fucking starving but eventually I, I came back out and I said hey mom I used to do this thing because I was kind of an asshole as a kid. I'd be like, do you know what I am? Or can you guess what I am? And they would try to guess, but the answer would undoubtedly be hungry. So I walk up to my mom as they're burping shake and bake meth in the garage, unaware of that's what they were doing at the time, and said, hey, mom, do you know what I am? And she goes, what, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I am. And she was like, that's okay, baby. We'll, um, we'll make something whenever we get home and then Preston's mom was like you know Dan you guys have been here for a while Chris if you want you can go make you something in the kitchen sounding much more southern and uh, and messed out y'all can go make you something in the kitchen if you want baby just make sure you wash the dishes and uh so I was like I don't know how to cook like I can make microwave eggs but I wasn't gonna say that I didn't want to make that shit there I wanted one of these fucking adults to get their asses in the kitchen and make my nine year old ass a fucking a plate of food so Josh, dressed methy, uh, hears all this going down. I was like, come on, man, I'll, let me show you something. So this dude takes me into the kitchen, grabs carton eggs, some bacon out of the fridge, and he fucking grabs his cast iron skillet, throws it on there, pulls the stool up, gets the spatula and everything. He makes the bacon, shows me how to make the bacon. Um... I was getting popped with grease every now and then because he was high on meth, so safety wasn't his concern, but I'm grateful for him to teach me anyway. But he showed me how to make the bacon. Um, he made it extra crispy, but, like, the fat wasn't crispy. I don't know how the fuck he pulled it off. It was some sort of meth magic. He gets done making the bacon. And then it comes time for him to make the eggs. And this motherfucker takes three eggs, and I'm nine years old, and the only person I've ever seen cook is my granny, and she sort of, like, did it all in the kitchen while I was in the living room. So this blew my fucking mind. This dress-wearing, methed-out motherfucker took a single egg, cracked that bitch in one hand, dropped that motherfucker right in the goddamn bacon grease on the frying pan, and it started sizzling. It was like, you know, like when you watch Studio Ghibli movies and they're making eggs? I was experiencing that in real life. <laughs> Not animated. It was a, a magical experience. So then he does the same thing. He cracks another egg, one hand, drops it in there. Cracks another egg, drops it in there, one hand. So I think he's making fried eggs. He 
just lets them fry to the point that they're like starting to burn. He hasn't flipped them or anything. And then just when I think he's going to flip the eggs, he violently scrambles the fuck out of them, blasts the yolk everywhere, starts chopping up all of the fucking egg whites that have cooked, and makes scrambled eggs out of fried eggs. Then he throws three pieces of American cheese on top of the pile of eggs and just starts mixing the cheese in. Gets it out of the skillet, puts it on a plate with the bacon, <laughs> looks me in the eyes, and goes, you're never going to forget how to make that. This is frambled eggs and bacon. And I didn't. It was my go-to meal. In fact, a couple weeks later, another big moment in my life, I, uh, I was asleep, and I had this dream that I was sitting in my third grade class, Mr. Wilkerson's class, the school principal of uh, Swiss Colony Elementary in East, or in, uh, yeah, in Swiss Colony Bernstadt, Kentucky, which is a part of London. It was uh, about a couple miles down from Lake Road where I had lived and coincidentally learned how to cook frambled eggs and bacon. But I, the principal of the school walked in and said, Chris, I need you to go to the front of the class. There's a package under the TV for you. I walked to the front of the classroom and I opened up the there was a, there was a box sitting there and I opened the box up and when I opened it up there was Jedi robes and lightsabers and a lightsaber inside and I picked up the lightsaber and the next thing I know boom I fucking was in New York City in a helicarrier and I'm like I'm like nine years old when I had this dream so this was pretty fucking intense but I'm in New York City in a helicarrier. And I jump out of the helicarrier in fucking Jedi superhero land and just start fucking shit up with a lightsaber. I'm fighting, like, robots and demons, all sorts of shit. All, basically every, like, antagonist you'd ever seen in fucking comic books or pop fiction at the time were popping up at me. It was 2001, so it was the... it was I had at least seen the trailer for Phantom Menace, which is where I think the, the Jedi imagery came in. But the craziest thing about this dream was after I had fought my way through the streets of New York City, where I had never been. Eventually, while I was fighting, I got cut on the neck with a lightsaber, which I realized would be very different than it was in the dream, because it, it's a fucking giant laser sword, so you wouldn't get, like, cut or scratched. But I got cut on the back of my neck by this lightsaber, and in that exact moment, these two buildings behind me fucking exploded, and I woke up. And when I woke up, my neck hurt, and I reached back, and I there was a fucking scratch there. And that really freaked me out. I assumed it was the cat, because we had 150 cats. That's a joke. We had 15, which felt like 150 at the time. But I woke up from my fucking crazy-ass, vivid dream, where apparently I had been, like, Freddy Krueger cut. And I was a little freaked out. And it was before I had to be ready for school, so I went into the kitchen, and I made myself frambled eggs and bacon started to feel a little better i got in i got on the bus and i on the way to bus i started having like deja vu every four or five seconds it was really weird like every it was i felt like i had ridden this particular ride to school before and i almost could like say things that the crazy chick in the back was going to say before she said them. Um, it was a very strange experience. Then we get to school. 
a little ways into the day, the principal walks into the classroom, which just throws me right back into my dream. And she looks at me and she says, Chris, I need you to go turn on the television. So I walk to the front of the class and as I am nearing the television, I get hit with another wave of deja vu when I'm looking around at everyone, and I'm still remembering the dream, but there was no package there, so I was like, this is just kind of weird. I got there, I turned the TV on, and the very first thing that my entire class saw was airplanes hitting the Twin Towers. And uh, that was the first weird experience that made me sort of like believe there was some extra shit going on in the world um and you know like like i said 2001 was a a big year i i learned to cook breakfast for myself which i've i've made frambled eggs and bacon many times over anyone who's ever been close to me um as a friend has probably had frambled eggs at one point in their life even if i didn't tell you that's what they were you would have hearing the story, realizing the crazy mess on your plate. That was frambled eggs. And I actually made it before I sat down and recorded this episode. The rest of the Scumbag Breakfast episodes are going to be a little longer and probably have more stories in them. I just wanted to talk to you about crazy meth head dress wearing James. I think I called him James and Josh while I was recording, and in case you're wondering why, it's because I don't fucking remember his name. I think it was James, and he was my friend Josh's uncle, so I think that's where my brain sort of fucked that up, but either way, wherever you are, dresshead James, uh, dresshead, dresshead James, I'm just gonna call him that, dresshead James, we don't need to remember that you did a lot of meth, wherever you are, methhead, methhead James, dresshead James, whatever the fuck your name is, I appreciate you teaching me to make frambled eggs and bacon, I've made my daughter frambled eggs at this point in my life, and uh, I will continue to do so. On the next Scumbag Breakfast episode, we're going to be eating another breakfast dish, and you'll be hearing other stories from my life. They're not all going to be, like, about how I was neglected while my mother cooked and snorted methamphetamine. They're not all going to be, like, depressing. I don't even find them depressing, just so you know. Like, I started recording this episode a little late, so it's going to be shorter than I wanted, and I had to condense things, but I didn't intend for it to sound, like, sad. I wanted it to sort of be a, a funny little anecdote, and I hope I pulled that off. If not, we've got plenty of time together, scumbags and scumbagettes, to perfect both the regular episodes of the Scumbag Diaries and the Scumbag Breakfast episodes. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to be putting out a full-length episode probably on Monday. I'm back to work now, so I have less availability, but ironically enough, I think I will be putting out more episodes than when I was on my two-month hiatus from work with um, a broken hand. I'm actually trying to, like, lock shit down. And like I said, uh, actually, I don't know if I said this because I started recording this episode and then completely deleted it and restarted, but I'm at a point in my life where the podcast is no longer just sort of like a hobby thing that I do to make myself feel better at this point it's actually turning into a job which is perfect because I would love nothing more than to be able to pay my bills and just sit at home talk to you guys about nerdy things esoteric things and crazy stories from my life crazy stories from other people's lives like the scumbag breakfast episodes aren't always going to be stories about me but I will undoubtedly find a way to connect breakfast to scumbag shit 
I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better as a podcaster. I'm trying to become more financially independent. I'm trying to get better with money. I'm trying to increase my spiritual practice. I basically identify as a semi-practicing armchair occultist. And since I'm doing a podcast that is spun into basically a magic pod, a magic podcast with some nerd culture sprinkled in, I uh, I'm going to actually like research harder but not just with the books I'm going to actually try to get into some Solomonic practices I'm going to try to uh, to delve into some Thelemic practices I'm going to try to do some Goetia work and report back to you guys just share all of that and uh, share some experience with the material that I'm also talking about the history of and I think that that's that's something I need to do meditation like I, when I when I eat breakfast I should have put this in the beginning of the show part of my practice is I do an eating meditation every day and that is I've chosen to do that at breakfast time whenever I get home from a 12-hour shift the first thing that I do is fix myself breakfast oftentimes frambled eggs and I sit and use that time to meditate and reflect and sort of unwind from the day. And that's what I did before this episode. I, I sat down with some frambled eggs and bacon, I did a eating meditation, and then I smoked a blunt and just relived relived some of my life, man. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you don't, please give me feedback. You can hit me up on the Scumbags and Scumbaggots Facebook page. You can hit me up on the anchor link and leave a message, questions, comments, concerns. If you want to support the Scumbag Diaries, whether you hated the breakfast episode and you love the regular episodes or you love all of it, the best way to do that is by sharing the podcast with your friends and family and getting them to share it. Um... You know, you can also donate money to the Scumbag Diaries by hitting up the Cash App, Scumbag Diaries. In fact, I know that I talk a lot about magic and magical practices, and you're not supposed to take gifts from the Fae. I know that. But I had a fairy send me $20 on the Cash App for the Scumbag Diaries podcast, and I would like to thank her. Thank you very much, Dez. Also, thank you, Michael, for sending a $10 donation. I'm going to make it so that anyone who donates any money to the podcast regardless of the amount of money, gets to pick the topic of an episode. So I'll be reaching out to you guys, and anyone who does that going forward gets to pick their own episode topic. So that's pretty cool. Also, if you want to support the show, man, just, like, like fucking go to illmindset.com, buy some of the Scumbag Diaries merch, and while you're there, pick up some other badass shit for yourself and your friends and family. This was sort of an experimental episode today. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I enjoyed recording it. Um, it was nice to share some of my superhero origin story with you guys, or supervillain, depending on the perspective. Who knows where it's going to end up. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, and once again, everyone love everyone. And in the words of the immortal William Hicks, it's just a ride. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>